What's your revolution? Do I stay and endure an environment that the show has taught me is not productive? That's that hard part of leaving a place of complacency and comfortability and moving to a place of fearful enlightenment. Can I have your attention for a moment? What's good, Revolution? Welcome to the What's Your Revolution show. A show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. Where people can find and embrace the revolution within themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Cooper, joined by my dude, my good friend. Like, J5 just passed my, my 1911, like... January, brother. <laughs> Shout out to all the Kappas. All right, who just celebrated yes. their uh, anniversary. But my dude, the the world renowned Dr. Travis Bats for our ninth episode of Revolt and Evolve, our ongoing series of opportunities for us to discuss what's on our mind and how we can be the best and most revolutionary version of ourselves. So let's just jump right in. Dr. Bats, what's good, homie? You you know, I'm always excited, always invigorated, always energized by the interview. Again, you don't, you're like a consummate words of affirmation hype man. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs to be, because today wasn't one of them days. I told you that. It was one of them days where I like being a doctor, but sometimes doctoring is a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> it's a challenge. Yeah, and it's yeah. not the patience. It is not the patience. It's the paperwork. But it's, it's one of them days. But nine episodes? Yeah, I mean, yeah. this our ninth it episode. It doesn't even seem like that. Yeah. It doesn't even seem that I know. So, and, and, uh, and we're going to keep it going. I just want to say that people have asked what I was on in the last episode. <laughs> they were like, yo, you were on one. Like, literally, like, in the YouTube comments, they were like, yo, bro, you were on one. But the information was, like, it was just so, like, so, so, so. So I applaud, you know, I employ everybody to go listen to the last episode of Revolt and Evolve of Dr. Yes. Travis Batts and myself. We talked about a plethora of things that, you know, particularly for, you know, men and the people who love us that will help us with our longevity and our performance in and out of the bedroom. So wonderful episode, Dr. Bass. But uh, just like what's going on with you? How are you? Thank you for asking. And thank you. You know, I, I dropped off the, the radar for a little while. Right. And, yeah, you did. And, uh I know, I know that, but you know, and it wasn't the holiday doldrums. I wasn't, you know, just, oh, it's, it's that time of year. No, that was not the case. I actually, you know, Superman, rock star cardiologist got sick. I got what? sick. You That's got right. sick. I know. I don't even really call it sick. Um, my body just misunderstood how to interpret <laughs> misunderstood the, the Misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It, it was like, you're not supposed to get sick. And it was literally at the time, because uh, the way we do things is the, you know, I'll usually work the week of Christmas. Um, just it's been a habit. And then I take the next week off. Well, of right. course, the next week that I took off was when I got sick. And so I saw your text. Uh, I appreciate them. They did provide solace and encouragement. And uh, I just uh, was, was just picked up a little bug. But um you know, green, green smoothies, kale, uh, you know, natural, of course, ginger, some turmeric and ginger. I knew you about to say <laughs> you knew that was coming. I knew, you it was knew coming. that was coming. Get that you know, and ginger. oregano oil. It, and before I knew it, you know, I was I was back. I was I was back. I mean, I granted it took me about three or four days. But, OK, uh, but hey, I was back. Yeah, not bad. Cool. Uh, you cool. know, uh, Dr. Bats is Jamaican. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> We got three jobs. I got three days that go on. <laughs> three days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all my Jamaican friends yeah. are like, yo, please stop. Uh, stop. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that you are doing well and that you're back and that you have the ability to be the world-renowned cardiologist that you are. This is a special show. This mm-hmm. this is a special show. And I I didn't want to do this show with anybody else. I thought about like, who could I have on this special show? And I was like, mm, you know, I could bring back old guests. You know, I, I've done like, you know, sometimes bringing back old guests to renew conversations. But I was like, this is a special show. And who do I want to have this conversation with? And I was like, why not have it with the person that I, you know, who knows me best when it comes to the What's Your Revolution show? The person that's done more shows than any other guests on <laughs> this show. Revolutionaries, this is the seventh year 
anniversary show. Can you imagine that, revolutionaries? Can you imagine that on January 17th, basically 2017? Wow. Yeah, Rachel Graham. Mm. Shout out to Rachel Graham. Let's give it up for her. Definitely. Rachel Graham, the forever producer. I want you to go back and listen to that episode, How to Set Yourself on Fire, from last year, one of our best episodes. Rachel Graham, my forever producer, and I, if you don't know the backstory, I'm going to give you a little bit of that. We sat in a coffee shop in 2016, and I told her, I was like, yo, I want to... I want a radio show. I want to get on and talk about how men can find and embrace the best versions of themselves. Susan Henry, the beautiful, beautiful, lovely Susan Henry, who was the executive director of WBOK, 1230 AM in New Orleans, heard me talking on another show. She's like, yo, we got to bring this brother on. And that's how we started. We didn't even know what we were going to call it, Travis. That's amazing. But finally, they were like, yo, let's just call it the What's Your Revolution show. And it was born seven years ago. 184 episodes. Can you imagine that? You know, and I, I, I look at all these different shows that have like robust numbers. You mm-hmm. know, we've done 184 episodes of this and we've had some of the most prolific people come on. Think about this. Like you and I would not be tremendous friends if it was not for you. I wouldn't have had my job at Camelback Ventures if I hadn't interviewed Aaron Walker. I think about like my good That's friends, amazing. right? who have been on the show, the bossless, uh, two bossoli of my illustrious fraternity, Omega Sci-Fi, have been on the show. We have actors, You got to exp- explain to people what that is, though, because I think people hear the words, and because I know the backstory, I know when you talk about our initial recording setup was almost in a box, they don't know that part of the story. Give them that part because seven. And again, I know uh, those of you all that have, you know, kind of have a a religious background is actually the number of completion. Right. Yeah. And the thing is completion just speaks to a revolution, a revolution going from where you were to where you were starting. So tell them, give them a picture, right? Cause they can't see all they see is, What's now and how mm-hmm. great your lights are and how the studio I know, right? Looks now. That's what they see. <laughs> I mean, it looks they on don't face. know. You know saying? Yeah. These, the backstory. These warm colors. <laughs> these warm. Give them the warm backstory. In my own, like in my own <laughs> podcast studio. Think about that. We started off at WBOK, right? In, in 2017, you know, literally in this little box. You know, mm-hmm. and then WBOK shut its doors, and my man Jazz opened the doors to me of his own studio, which literally was a box, you know, with, with plexiglass <laughs> and jazz, jazz was able to keep, keep it going. Like literally jazz was able That's to crazy. keep this show going, Travis. And then jazz had to shut his door. The pandemic hit and I was recording mm. the show at my kitchen table in an apartment, you know, in new Orleans wow. in mid city. And then wait a minute, got home after that and recorded the show in my bedroom. Like in my childhood bedroom with no, like, like when literally, if you go back to these old episodes of 2019 and 2020, like there was no music to this. It was just the show. Like it was literally, <laughs> literally it was just the show. And then 2020, my line brother Seiko, shout out to him. He took over the show and the sound of the show was so much different. And that's how, that's why we've gotten so much better because the sound of the show, because of Seiko, like he has done so much of this. Like the show has come so much forward since 2017. I mean, I don't even, I'm always like, I can't go back. I can't go back and listen to (laughs) the older episodes, but you got to, right. But it's interesting when folks actually meet me and I tell them that I have a podcast and they're like, I got to go all the way back to the beginning. I'm like, but that's the beginning. Oliver Thomas was right. our first episode, right? Mm-hmm. Oliver, the, the, the wonderful politician, the councilman, Oliver Thomas, who's been back on the show again, was our first episode. And I go back and listen. I was like, damn, it wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't bad, but we've gotten so much better. Yeah. and But the thing was, the thing that's held true is that every show, the content was fire. Yeah. I don't care where you picked it up at. I don't care if the audio was a little challenged early on, if the video, we, we've we been having fun with that, right? The yeah. video component. But I think it, it teaches people an important lesson about 
believing in yourself before you can see where you're going. Yeah. Because you didn't know what started off in a coffee shop would end up being an internationally recognized podcast that has some of the greatest individuals, mm-hmm. not only in this country, but worldwide. Like who who says that? No one does. Right. Because LaSalle most and- people aren't willing. No, I was just going to say, Dr. LaSalle Harris. You know what I'm saying? But go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. Yep. Yeah. No, no, no. What I'm saying is most people aren't willing to invest on taking a chance on themselves. Mm. And like, think about it. Go and, ahead. And no, but uh, I appreciate you, brother. I pre- look, I appreciate you being my hype man right now. Right? <laughs> think about that. Um, we did take a chance. We did, we did take a chance on like building a show that was for the people. And I think about mm-hmm. all those all those people that, you know, reach out and say, hey, that was inspiring. I want to give a shout out to, you know, one of my college classmates, Carmen Phelps Sessions. And, you know, I was at homecoming this year and we were talking and she's like, hey, I just want to tell you how inspiring you are. And that meant a lot because we've been knowing each other for over 30 years. And, she, you know, this is, you know, strong black woman saying, I listen to your show. and I listen to you. And what you're doing is inspiring. Like Maxine, like Maxine McNair, who is my godson, my oldest godson's mother and my frat brother's mm. wife. Shout out to Keith. Keith, I love you, brother. I love you. I miss you. I am, t- I am trying to take care of my best of being a, a good role model to your son. But Maxine McNair, my, my sister who listens to the show, who is who, a big super fan, talks about how I was listening to this, you know, and it made me think about that. It made me change my behavior. That's what we do. That's the revolution. Thinking about seven years ago, the impact that this show has had, I'm going to hope on hundreds of thousands of people, right? But there are core listeners that have listened to this show week in Mm -hmm. and week out and said, you know what? I have been able to listen to this and build a revolution that allows me to be a better version, a better version of myself. And that's what I want. That's exactly, that's exactly what I want. I want people to be like, yo, I'm good. Like I'm better. I'm the best. I'm a revolutionary. And that's what somebody said on the YouTube channel. It says, I'm a revolutionary now count. It said, count me as a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Now that was one of the biggest compliments that I could like, I was jumping up and down like, damn, <laughs> like when, you know, I was like, we need to get the shirt. I am a revolutionary. Right. No, and, and, and that's the, like I said, it's, it's just been a beautiful evolution watching the revolution <laughs> because as much as you've evolved, right. The show has too. When you think about, um, and again, I'm one of those people that they really want to listen to the backstory. Yeah. Y'all, you know, I want to. And so listening to the backstory, it initially started where it was discussions about politics, empowerment. And that's still there. But then you picked up relationships. And then yeah. along the way, you picked up executive presence and management. Then along the way, you picked up relationships in couples and in marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's just you you were able to. And they tell you not to do this because, of course, I'm one of them people that pay for how do you build your YouTube channel and how do you build. They say you can't target everybody. Yep. Right. They say if you target everybody, you reach no one. But you yeah. you stay true to say, hey, look, my central message is to help black men revolt and evolve yeah. and the people that love them and the people and that, that love them. And that and brother, <laughs> that and is what separates the show from many similar um, but not equal, you know, commentaries, yeah. right? Because as much as you're helping me, like our conversation last month was a wow. And I listened to it twice just <laughs> to make sure that we did go wild. We did. We did. We went wild. No, I right? did. You didn't. You, you were the consummate <laughs> professional as you balance. are. I had to balance. Oh, I, I wanted to. I wanted to hop in with you, but I couldn't. I said, if both of us go, this car is going. <laughs> we, we taking an exit and riding that access road. I mean, I had some but, things going on. I had some things going on <laughs> after the show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> so. Right, right. Right. But but what it did, it it showed us that even though we were talking about issues that affect men's health, we were able to juxtapose them against, you know, women's health, you yeah. know, health for youth, healthy life. Right. And it's it's one of those things where when you think about executive presence. Right. 
It's not just for men, right? Yeah. When you when you think about, um, I think uh, the author Tomb, where he talks about mm. you know conversations. Because, right like if you, I read that book. Yeah. Read the book, right? And when I read it, I thought it would be all kind of super masculine. It was not. It was a show about. It was a discussion in the book about vulnerability. It yes. Was a discussion in the book about opening up. It was a discussion in the book about really understanding what it means to be emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was, yeah, and, exactly. and it was those reflective moments where I realized, man, this is a microcosm of a portion of what the show does. And over seven years, you've really been able to cultivate those conversations that no matter where you pick the show up, year one, year three, year four, year seven and beyond, mm-hmm. you're going to get something that you can take away from. And that's, I the, don't care that, where you that's are. the thing that that is the thing. And I, I think I go back and I think about some of the I don't want to pick a favorite guest, you know, but I think yeah. about, you know, I, th- I just think about some of the shows that just kind of stood out to me, like the D1 show last year. Oh, man. Yeah. The D, you know, D, the D1 show really actually has the most views on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. of any show that we have. I think about a couple of years, Dr. Jack Monell, who was a professor at Winston-Salem, who, you know, basically was incarcerated and then has been able to turn his life around and proliferate the right. work and really do advocacy around uh, criminal justice reform. You know, I've, I'm always talking mm-hmm. about Sean Dove here on the show um, oh, and yeah. his work and the things that he, are, he, is, he is doing about proliferating leadership. And, you know, he gave us one of our tenants, like, you know, you got to find a midwife. You know, uh, that's that's mm-hmm. huge. I think about Elijah Moses, who gave us the revolt in a row. He's like, my revolution is to revolt from the things that I don't need to be and evolve into the leader that I want to be, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, over over seven years, I think about my frat brother, Jake Swig, you know, two time guest appearance who, you know, talked about how he makes champions for life. Right. You think about his leadership wow. as a as a former SEAL, one of the first black SEALs in, in a, an American history. Right. One of the top five, you know, top five black SEALs that we can think of and come along and really talk about his story. It's been an amazing it's been an amazing ride to hear the stories of people saying this is my revolution. Like asking what's your re- my revolution is. Think about that. Think about how powerful that is to folks. My revolution is. And then people so many people in so many different revolutions. But if we had to distill down a theme like most people's revolutions are not about themselves so much. Most revolution, my revolution is to do something for someone else. And that is an amazing, that is an amazing thing to think about that. My revolution is bigger than me. It is for the world. It is for my community. It is for my family. It is for the folks that I work for the hearts that I touch literally and figuratively, <laughs> right? Those types of things. And I think about, uh, you know, if you remember the show where it was, you know, someone asked a question, is there more good in the world? Right. You know, yep. it was Muhammad Leela, right? And I think about my, my good friend, Muhammad Leela. Is it, do we, is the, the fundamental question is, do we believe that there's more good in the world? And if I look back to the answers of my revolution is the research, the the data would say there, at least the folks that are coming on the show, (laughs) right? I'm going to say, yes, good. Yeah. More Mm -hmm. people are good than bad. And I think because of the way that the media talks about what's going on and we've got these loud voices, right? We've got these loud voices who are trying to strip diversity away from our country that we're that people want to whitewash and i said whitewash who we are we're look if you look around i cannot look around and just see white folks or black mm-hmm. people or hispanics right i see a lit right and that's just race i can't just see christians or muslims or buddhists i can't just see straight people or I, my lgbtq brothers and sisters i mm-hmm. see i see a I see a tapestry, Dr. Bats, right. of who we are as a people. And I just can't fathom as a revolution of folks why we want to say 
this is better than this. I'm better than you. My, like we have a history of folks that have been oppressed. Why do you want to keep doing that? I just don't understand that. And this revolution of saying, I want to make sure that my voice is heard, that my brother's voice is heard, my sister's voice is heard, my non, my non-binary voices are heard. Why can't we just do that? Because that, why does that have to be a revolution? But it is. And we got to keep fighting. And this platform will continue to fight for all of my people, my humans. I've been saying that. We are humans. We are humans, Dr. Bats. And that, that makes up the litany, the lion's share of who we are. And I, you, know, you know, I get on my soapbox. But that's oh, what that's this fun. is. That's what this show is. For seven years, we have told stories of folks. And yes, I even, if, if I have to say, you know, where we have, where we have, not done as well is that this show has been most of the guests have been cisgender folks and we need to make sure mm. that we're telling stories of all of our people our human people right our human our human people the stories of humans that have revolutions and i want to make sure as we go forward that we're telling everyone's story that and if i think about uh, my boy charles divins who came on the show he's like I, my job is to tell the story Right. For those voices who are not heard. And that's important to me. That makes sure that as we move forward in year eight and nine and 10 and show 200 and show 250 and show 300, that all voices are heard on this show. All right, Dr. Betts, I've said enough. <laughs> you, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hold on to one so we can build on to that. But you unpacked a big box with a whole lot of small presents in it. But I think if if I would put a pin in one place, right, if, if I would have put a pin in one place, it would be where you asked the question where you initially framed it and said, I have to believe that everyone that more people are intrinsically good than bad. Yeah. And I agree. Then on the flip side, even those good people still visualize this construct of hierarchy and oppression. But why? Right. If you're a good person, why does your goodness have to be relative to someone being bad? Or why do you have to have a comparator? How do we and and I won't say this is the only key, but one of the things that we find, at least in the fear in the in the sphere of healthcare, is this construct of you ready? Implicit bias. Mm. Right. And, and and we know that bias isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right. It keeps us safe. Right. To some degree. But what it can do, it can bind us to ideas, ideologies and thoughts just on appearance, dialect and other things that keep us in a space where we say, well, well man, he talks with a southern accent. He he couldn't be X. Or, or man, she wears blank, so she couldn't be X. Mm-hmm. And by creating these stereotypes and by creating these barriers in this lack of connection that exists, and you highlighted it and said, I want my show to be even more diverse. Yes, yes. That's how you deconstruct certain biases that yeah. limit us yeah. from building these bridges, right? Or creating fences. And we hear stories. We hear different right? stories. Yeah. Right. And I think that's what the show has really grown to do. And that's why I said, if you if you look at the uh, contextual discussions that occurred, right? And I, and I look at it just, glo- you know, political, and then we moved in. And that's why I say it's been an evolution. And, and wherever you pick up the, what's your revolution train, whatever stop <laughs> you pick it up at, <laughs> you know, it forces you when you hear certain references, you got to go back. You know, I'm going to hop off here and catch the train back and and pick up that show on exactly. And the only reason I keep bringing up executive, executive presence is that's the book I'm reading now. I got um, but it, it's it's one of those things where you have to pick it up and say, well, why did he choose this show mm-hmm. at this point? Yeah. Well, if you listen three shows later, it talks about how to show up in the board. So it, it's mm-hmm. it's almost where if you were to write a chapter, each chapter would fit in another chapter because it's not this. I'm talking about this. So it, it, it flows smoothly. And it's that concept of, number one, how you said, I believe more people are intrinsically good, good. than bad. Mm-hmm. Number two. I want to deconstruct hierarchy in that context because I know that it limits the relationships that you can build and it limits people truly evolving. So, right. uh, like I said, th- th- you know, it's great. G- keep going. Cause I'm out. No, 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 no. I mean, no, no, no. I, mean that, that, I mean, that, that's what I think about, you know, the importance of this show and, and where do we go? 
you know, where, where do we go from here after seven years? Where do we, where do we go? We've done a lot. And, you know, I, I just, I keep thinking about over seven years, who's been on this show and the stories that they have told and what people can bring the authors that have been on the show, the actors, the athletes, the activists, you know, and everything in beyond that have come on and told stories about how they are shifting their world. You know, I think about Michael unbroken as we talk about trauma, and what, you know, and, you know, and, and thinking about, you know, I, I want to give a shout out to my team, Sarah, if you've seen any of the reels, I mean, she's been killing it, you know, really, really been killing and talking about the best of 23. And one thing he says that really is, he was like, we have to hold these two truths, right? That one thing in a hundred years, what we do now is not going to matter. And on the other side of this is that what we do now matters the most right now. Mm -hmm. And that if you're taking this idea that I am a revolutionary and that I am a revolution, that what we do now, right now, is so important to us and our growth and to our communities and to the people that we love it's important. Yes, in a hundred years, who's going to know who Dr. Batts is or Dr. Corporate is? They might be able to pull this out of the archives. So, ar- <laughs> archives to be able to listen. Who are these people? What were they talking about? What is what's your revolution? But right now, the Maxine McNairs of the world are listening to the show. You know, the, the my, my godson is listening to the show. My God brother, Howard Price, who was, you know, who was the first episode last year, who gave us this idea of what mindset was going to be. Like it shaped the entire year mindset, listens to the show. What we do right now is so important to shifting how people live because people are looking for leadership. They're looking for some way out, as I say, and this gives it to them. I'm looking for a way out. I'm looking for a revolution in my life. And I can go back and look at this catalog of shows like, wait a minute, how to be a revolution in your own life. Let me listen to, let me listen to Chuck. Let me listen to Chuck. (laughs) Let me, let me listen to Chuck talk a little bit. Right. Um, Don't ever call me Chuck and Bubba. Yes. You you put it out there. Hey Chuck. No, I will not answer. I will not answer. It's Charles, Dr. Corporal. Corporal. (laughs) Uh, But Chuck, if you know my bye-bye Chuck, you can call me Chuck. But if you've never ever, I'm just joking. I'm not. Um, I just think it's an opportunity. I think where we go now is that we continue to have these conversations that our revolutionaries want, that we bring on and tell the stories of what it looks like to be a revolution, to ask those bigger questions of what it means to be a revolution for those that haven't been able to be revolutionary. That's the key. How do we be a revolution for folks that have never had the thought about, I can be a revolution? Your revolution is not just for you. There we go. It's not just for you. And if you can do it yourself, it is too. It's too small. small. It's too too small. small. It is. It it is definitely too small. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Bats, as as, as I, as I think about this, you know, as I think about this, I will also want to let folks know that big announcement, big announcement, big announcement. You now can go to whatsyourrevolution.com and get wow. all right. It's right there for you. All of the things at whatsyourrevolution.com. And the show is there. If you want to book a one-on-one counseling session with me to help you answer the question, what's your revolution? You can book that time with me. If you think that your group of revolutionary folks want to bring me out and say, hey, we're going to bring Dr. Corporal out and Dr. Bats out to help us fulfill our revolutions. You can do that. You can do that right there on that website. You can see everything that we've got going on. If you say, you know what? I want to bring Dr. Bats. I want to bring Dr. Corporal out to talk to, to talk to my people, not just my small group, to <laughs> incite a revolution. It's right there. Right there. It's, it's right there. It's right there. And if you want to be a part of this revolution, yes, this is a little bit of an, if you, if you want to sponsor this, you want to make sure that folks that you are aligned with a revolution, what's revolution.com allows you to come and bring it in right there. We're here for you. I'm excited. I'm, I want to say, I'm, 
you know, give a shout out to Passion and Nadia at Bladerbox who actually put the website together. Please go and check it out. What's your revolution.com. Can you imagine that? Like <laughs> what started seven years ago is, is, is now a, a brand is a brand. It is it an is entire brand. brand. What's your revolution.com. Check it out. <laughs> check it out. If you now be careful now, be careful when you check it out because it's going to force you to change. And sometimes change is uncomfortable. Mm. Right. Because, you know, I don't want people to listen to this show and feel like, well, you know, how do I evaluate where I'm going uh, as I start to evolve? How do I do that? Because that's one thing that when you listen to the shows, you got to have a certain skill set. Now, it's easy to learn. It's easy to learn. And you can go to the website and pick up on some clues. But I think, you know, it harkens me back to a book. We hadn't had this book on the show, but it's called The New One Minute Manager. Because ultimately, when we think about what we want to do, it is how do we manage ourselves? Now, this actually came from me listening to a show that talked about if you can control your nervous system. Yes, Chad Scott. Chad Scott. I read. I I listened to the show and I said, hmm. So I manage people, right? Mm -hmm. But how do I manage myself? So the new one minute manager gives you three strategies. Three. That's it. Right. So the first strategy is you have to first. You ready? Set one minute goals. You say one minute goals, but I want to set long term. No, no, no. You set one minute goals, meaning you want them to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and time sensitive. So you can hit them and quit them, hit them and quit them and keep moving. And as you're on that revolution, you you need to set them quick, quick goals. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, you need to have a one minute redirect. So let's say. I come to Dr. Corporal and I say, I want to do X and I, this is my goal. Well, you got to find somebody you can trust, somebody in that circle that you trust to say, hey, look, that's a good goal. But let me redirect you at mm. one that is, again, a bit more attainable, a yeah. bit more focused and a bit more that fits you. Don't get upset, but use that constructive criticism to build that next strategy. Yeah. Finally, after you've set that one minute goal, you've been redirected by your midwife and someone you trust. Yeah. Then you can allow yeah. yourself to have a one minute praising. Give yourself a pat on the back for making that small revolution because those small revolutions. And when you think about this show, it was a small revolution right early on seven years ago. Then it was another small revolution where we moved to something else. Mm -hmm. Then it was another because I think people see these things as too big. You can do it. This isn't supposed to be a motivational speech, but every time I listen to a new show, I pick up a new tool and add it to my self-improvement toolbox. So if you want to fill that toolbox Continue to listen to the show. Go to the web. Pick those things. This isn't a promote. This is me telling you how to be better for 2024. 2024 means you're knocking down the door of your revolution. Yeah, That's how, what you got to be do. a revolution. I know I'm giving shout outs to the shows and folks, um, you know, like my big listeners to the show. Carrie Lomax, my dude, Carrie Lomax. Mm-hmm. And here, here, here's one of the ultimate compliments that I've ever gotten for the show. Uh, and he just he just got onto the show this year. I remember sitting. I met him. Hadn't seen him in, in a, a long time. I just happened to meet him on a humbug um, one night for happy hour. We were talking and I was like, yeah, I got a podcast. He's like, you got a podcast? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to check it out. And I want to say a week later, he sent me, he was like, yo, he was like, this is changing my life. Literally, this is changing my life. God yeah. Me. And mm. so we went out for happy hour a couple of weeks ago just to catch up. And he's like, look, what your show does is help me determine how I move with people. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, I meet folks and I'm like, yo, listen to this podcast. And if folk come back and be like, yo, that's, you know, you know, it really wasn't my thing. Uh, you know, it's all about this self-empowerment stuff. You know, it's all about accountability. That's really not my thing. He was like, I'll move with them <laughs> like that. He was like, I'll move. But he said, if, if folks come back and be like, yo, like I really, really internalized what brother was saying, like it really made me, you know, incorporate some things in my life. He was like, I rock with them because it's about accountability. The, the show holds people accountable. Mm-hmm. And he was like, those are the folks that I want in my life. Like, so if you can rock with this show, I rock with you. And I was like, word, Man. like. That's crazy. That's crazy that you, you are now determining your circle based on how folks interact with this show. That's a huge compliment to me. It's a huge compliment to the work that you and I do, that putting on this show, putting on Revolt Involved, putting on this, you know, what's a revolution. Folks are now saying, like, this this is who I want in my circle. 
I want revolutionary folks in my circle. And, and this show gives you the blueprint. And if you cannot figure out this blueprint from this show, I can't rock with you like that. Can you imagine that? That's amazing. That's amazing. But that's that's what happens when the content really allows you to perform self-evaluation. Yeah. And and you alluded to some of this in our last show. I know we did a lot of stuff in the last show, but in the last show, you you kind of alluded to it where you talked about, you know, using the show as your own barometer. Right. Right. Of where you are. And we joked about it, but <laughs> it's a place in a space, number one, that's safe. Right. There was and I'm terrible with names, but he was the licensed marriage counselor. I think he's based out of Charlotte, but he he, he has a book. Oh, and I got his book. But I've but he talks about those four tenets of how you, you know, cultivate the relationship. Uh-huh. Right. And so you have to be heard. Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews. Yeah. Right. So you got to be heard. You know, you have to feel safe. You have to feel like your voice matters. You yeah. know, so it's all these things. And what the show does is it forces you to look at your relationships that you currently have, whether they're romantic, whether they're professional and say, hey, does my boss respect my opinion? Do I feel safe in this board meeting? Do I feel like I'm secure in my job? And, and, and now this is the tough part. When the answer to any one of those is no, Mm. well, now you got to decide, do I stay and endure an environment that the show has taught me is not productive? Yeah. And that's that hard part. That's that hard part of leaving a place of complacency and comfortability and moving to a place of basically fearful enlightenment. I know it sounds like a paradox, but that's what it is. It's you moving. And again, the show has done that for you to say, Hey, it's a global pandemic. Nothing's moving around. I was in a, I was in a closet. I was in a box and then this went down, but I'm going to move to a place and just keep going. Keep going. I'm going to keep. And and I think that's the challenge. Like that's the hurdle, no matter what you're looking to do, whether it's to lose weight, to exercise or to do anything like that. It is that hurdle of moving from that place of comfortability to that place of discomfort, right? It's being comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's the challenge of evolving and constantly doing it. Yeah. Because that's the challenge. Once you evolve once, well, guess what? There's another evolution, another revolution around the corner. Yeah. And you have to be prepared Always have the next revolution in mind. Exactly. You know, always have the next revolution in mind. And, and, you know, I think about this because we don't ever really talk about our revolutions. Like, you know, I've asked you what's your revolution. And most people are like, no, nobody ever asked me what my revolution was. You know, nobody's, well, Dr. Corporate, what's your revolution? I'm the one asking mm-hmm. the question. And, you know, the interesting thing is I think, as I think about, you know, and I, want, I also want to say this, an, another plug for the website. If you don't know, like if you haven't figured out what your revolution is, go download the free booklet. Right, the free book that allows you to figure out how to figure out what your revolution is. It's there on the website. Scroll all the way down. It's right there. Right. I just ask for your email address so we can keep you updated about what's going on. But it's right there. You know, if you're thinking about, I don't know how to answer that, uh, Corey Doolittle, Howard Price, um, you know, all the folks. And so there's there's a cadre of folks out there who may not know how to answer the question. I've given you a blueprint. I've given you a blueprint about how to answer that. So go download it, right? And think about that. And then you're like, well, how do I fulfill this? Mm, mm. We got something for you. But I think about this, I think about this answer, like, because, and this is the vulnerable moment for me here on the show. Now, you know, I'm never, I'm never the one that's really interviewed. Uh, I'm, <laughs> but somebody asked, like, all right, what's your, what's your revolution for 2024? And I will, I will say this all the time that therapy, I've been in therapy for almost 10 years now. Uh, in August, therapy will be 10 years. Um, I have, that's the largest relationship that I've had. Um, but my therapist, you know, my, ther- my, you know, my therapist is like amazing. It's kept me on track. It has kept me, you know, really thinking about who I want to be, but I'm not the person I was 10 years ago, but in, in, in pulling out what's the revolution for this year is that my revolution is not to be a people pleaser. And I, and I had to do, I had Man. to do the work on how I got to be a people pleaser. And I won't, I won't do a deep dive into that because it's my story. But I think about like, what does that mean for me? And how do I, how do I then fulfill that? 
How do I make sure that I am not people pleasing, that I am not putting myself in uncomfortable situations because I want to be liked or I want to be loved. I don't, I want to be comfortable. I don't want conflict. All the things that I've done for a long period of time that have, that is, you know, that have been based in trauma, that have been based in trauma that I have, you know, and when you look how you react in situations, like I don't want the conflict. I don't want, I, I want everybody to be happy. I want, I, I want everybody to like me. Fuck that. Yeah, I said that. Fuck that. I don't need that. Man. Right? Sometimes conflict is good. Right? I don't need to be liked. Right? By everyone. I want those that love me to love me. That if you're my ride or die, let, let's go. But if, like, you know, we got conflict, you don't like me? Cool. I'm good. But I had to get to that point. And it still worked. But it still feels a little bit like, uh, uh, like, but... If you can move into this space where you're not people pleasing, for me, if I can move into this space of not people pleasing, how much easier will my life be? When can I just say no? Or when can I say the things that are on my mind? You know what? You pissed me off. Or you know what? That was fucked up. Or I'm going to tell you about yourself because you've been telling me about me. But I, I, I didn't want to have conflict. Like, you know what? People pleasing is also me taking responsibility Right. And one thing that we talked about in the power for forgiveness in a, that episode is our ability to take responsibility for our actions. And I believe in that. That that has shifted my life to take responsibility. And I'm taking responsibility to not be a people pleaser. I will not. And I will have my midwives tell me, like, yo, you people pleasing. That was a people pleasing behavior. And to recognize that. Like to to revolt from behaviors that look like people pleasing and evolve into behaviors that allow me to take back my power and my freedom of my life. That's the revolution right there, Dr. Batts, you know, and that is it is releasing the trauma of my childhood that I needed to make sure that my home was a safe space for me and that ooh, I need to make sure that my parents love me, that, you know, mm. I'm going to move past that. And that, that is my revolution for this year is to not be a people pleaser. Yeah, I know I went off for a minute, but <laughs> I needed to say that no, out loud. I, no, I, I think that's, man, that's super helpful in the sense where you probably opened up the eyes of a lot of people of rev, what a revolution can truly be. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I don't know if we've said this before, but a revolution or your revolution, right? That your it is personal. Mm, it is. Even though it, it's not just for, for you, right? But it is personal. And and when you are on this walk, because I heard you say that. And for me, I hate conflict. And so when I build my teams, I build them with people. It's always two or three, what I call, you know, you know, pe- people that still 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 hold hold on to a little bit of the street in them, right? Not, the, <laughs> but I need. You, you, I like some people that that are a little pugnacious that that don't mind yeah. because I don't like that energy that it forces me to have. So I build a team with those people. But at the same time, when you're in certain positions, as of you know, it's almost like there's this pathologic happiness that has to exist, right? And that's that construct of people pleasing, where you know you're not happy making other people happy in a scenario where you know they yeah. wouldn't reciprocate. Yeah. And and it's tough because I'm at that space, but I don't know how to fix it. So I'm going to download the book. I'm going to learn how do I reframe that approach? Because I don't know if there's a great, str- I don't know the strategy. This I don't have an acronym for this. That's why I'm nervous. I have no acronym. Mm-hmm. Corey Doolittle, you heard that he does not have an acronym. <laughs> I don't have an acronym for this. Commander. So you know Commander, what I'm going to do? Commander, I'm a, I'm a, I'm he does not research. have an acronym for this. Can you believe that? I don't have that? an acronym for this. I can't believe but it. When you, But when you think about some of the challenges in a relationship, right? Because it's always, and people will say, oh, relationship 50-50. No, it's not, right? No relationship is 50-50. It's not. So don't think that it is. Don't think you're going to find someone and they balance this. Nope, it is not balanced, right? Because there are going to be times where it's going to lean to the left a little bit. And if you on that left and it's heavy on you and you looking up there and it's light on them, at some point you either have to say, say, ouch, or you're going to slide off. Yeah. And I think a lot of people end up falling off and just quitting. But by you using that powerful N word, that's right. I'm about to say the N word to everybody. No. And you know what that N word is? <laughs> no, no, it is no. 
No is so liberating that we keep it in our back pocket. I might say, no, you know, what? maybe I can. Maybe I can. And the problem is the more the more like my dad says, like my dad used to say, he said, when someone when you want something done, give it to the busiest person. But at that moment, pause. Wait for that person to turn around Mm -hmm. and say, which one of these tasks do you want me to fail first? Because there's only so much emotion, there's only so much intellect, there's only so much energy that you can put into a task. And once you spread yourself too thin by not using that powerful N word, that no word, then you're spent. Then you're spent. And at that point, you're looking around wondering, well, I did all I could to make that person happy. And you know who's going to remember that you did all you could to make that person happy? You. You. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. What I want to intimate in this is that... It's practice. Like, you know, when you've been when you've been doing a behavior for like the lion's share of your life, shifting, turning around, like creating a new revolution is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, and I what I realized from my people pleasing that I harbor a lot of anger towards a lot of people. Mm. Can you imagine that? I can. <laughs> you know, because what I've done, right, what I've done and what I've done is that because I people please or I didn't want to, I avoided conflict, right, I got angry at myself for doing that. I got angry. And so maybe I harbor, maybe it's not that I harbor anger towards them. I harbor anger towards myself because I didn't, I didn't speak up when I needed to speak up. Mm-hmm. I didn't say, uh, I didn't say the conflictual thing when I needed to say it. You know, because I, I also know that inside of this is a fire and what that fire could do, because what happens sometimes it's happened three, four, five times in my life that I've I've people please so much and I've held down so much, Dr. Bats, that it explodes, that it explodes. And, you know, I, you know, Stanley Ernest Williams, my my wonderful line brother, who I love dearly, got it one day. Right. He just he just got it. And I I had to, you know, and he's a fiery. I'm glad that we were not in person because we probably would have <laughs> not even probably there's 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 a there's a hundred percent, you know, hundred percent that we would have come to blows because y'all locked know, he's, up. that's he, what y'all would have done. Y'all would have yeah, lovingly locked up. We, we would have lovingly locked up because that is who Stanley Ernest Williams is. Right. And I, you know, I have so much love and reverence for him, but he got it one day. Like he got it because it it had been pent up for so long mm. that it just exploded, and that's not healthy. That's not healthy, you know that that is not healthy behavior. I remember going off on a parent when I was coaching baseball because you know simply mm. he was like, "Why did my son get cut for three years?" And he questioned that. Boom! Explosion. Gave it to him. Gave it to him. I mean, gave it to him, and mm. that's not healthy, you know. And so. For all my people, please, and I want to think about a show. If you go back and listen to the Alfred Edmonds show, he will say that I'm a reformed people pleaser. What does that mean to stop, That's right, huge. to stop pleasing others, right, to, to avoid the uh, ability to be comfortable and liked and loved by everyone? You can't. You can't. And so I had to realize that. I had to realize that. And it's tough. Like, it's, it's t- tough to be able to say no, to say, I didn't like that behavior, to say, yo, I'm not going to tolerate this behavior or no, I'm not coming because I'm not, that's not what I want to do. Because the only reason that I'm coming is because it would make you happy. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you got to sacrifice and say, you know, I'm going to go. But if my body is saying, I, I don't want to go and I don't want to be there. And the only reason I'm going is to make you happy or to please, I'm not going anymore. Right. Yeah. And that's and the revolution. Think, that's my revolution. And the thing is, and, 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 and you're not saying I'm a nihilist, meaning I, I'm going to, you know, pull back from everybody and I'm looking for conflict and I'm looking mm-hmm. what you're saying. Just so so people out there say, well, is he is he not a nice person? No, he, he's again. I'm that's lovely. not what he's lovely. saying. I'm he's saying person. is that <laughs> what he's saying. And just so people know is. Taking an approach where you use the N-word, the no word, right, yeah. doesn't mean that you turn into a mean person. It means that now you value your time, your talents, and your treasure. Yeah. And you evaluate those other relationships to say, hey, 
does this take into account these things about me? And the example is the, a good example was this may not where when we were hanging out in DC and the, and the good commander was with us and yeah. we knew as a friend that he would, he would have rolled and we told this story, uh-huh. but this is where we valued That's right. our relationship yes. with him and said, we're going to say no for you. Right. Because we know, and, and he was like, y'all, we are perfectly fine. We are sure. And I think it takes that degree of self-awareness to not only do that for yourself, but do that for the people that you care about. Yeah. Because by doing that, it allows you to practice. It allows to you build to that behavior. And you got to do those practice. things that you know. You got to yep. practice. You got to practice that. And those, those not- first times are mm-hmm. going to be uncomfortable for uncomfortable. you. Uncomfortable. They're going to be like, yeah. oh, this, this feels unnatural. This feels like, oh, this person is not going to like me after this. And you've got to sit through that discomfort. You've got to sit through that discomfort because if you don't, you will just fall back into behavior. You will, you will not revolt from the behaviors that will allow you to move through your revolution. And sometimes you've got to call your midwives and say, you know what? Hey, I, I had this situation and I needed to do this and I didn't. You know, how can I make sure that the next time that this happens, that I can move through that discomfort of saying or saying no or saying the thing that need to be said. Right. Okay, yes. Yeah, this is a 52 right year old man saying that, <laughs> you know, think about it. this is a 52 year old man saying that, that I'm not going to be a people pleaser anymore in my life. That's, and, and people are like, why are you 52 saying, yeah, there are a lot of folks out here who are going to listen to this show. We're going to be like, yep, that's me. I'm a people pleaser. Corporal. You're going to get some people in trouble because my brain right now, you're going to get people in trouble. So y'all, hopefully you got a speed dial or an emergency button (laughs) on the website because I'm thinking about this and understand. I just did that whole interrelationship. So my wife, it don't matter what she asked me, whether I agree or not. I always try to get to a yes. I try to, it starts as a no and then it's a maybe. And then it's a, so for all the the, the people, (laughs) just be careful with the N word and the no word and, and, and not pleasing people. But again, understanding, do they value your time, your talents and your treasures? Well, you do, you're going to get, so make sure you keep his website pinned on your phone or somewhere. Bookmark that. Emergency. Bookmark it. Revolution.com. Bookmark it. I'm telling you, he going to get you in trouble. Not me. Not me. I'm still going to be mostly yes. I'm still I don't I don't know if I'm there yet, brother. I don't know. I don't know if I'm there yet. Yeah, I might no, need I to got, call I, I you got, as a look, midwife. I got, look, somebody called me yesterday and was like, <laughs> you know, threw my threw my father into my face and you need to be doing that. So I was like, yeah, I'm a, I, look, when I see you the next time, we're going to have a conversation, because if you ever throw my father or my family in my face about doing something, mm. I am going to come for you. Literally, oh man, my family will always come first. Period. Exactly. Period. Period. So just understand that I love my people, and you know I love people. I love my people, but it will be okay for me to be in conflict with folks when necessary, and that is okay. You know, and if we are mature humans, we will work through that. And if we don't, okay, life will move on. That's right. Yep. You know, life will move on. Now you're just looking at me. You're not, now you're just trying to figure. Out. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm reconciling. You reconcile. Right? Yeah, you're that, thinking that, yeah, that it's, conversation. It's, it's, I'm yeah. thinking about how powerful it is to make that choice to say I am not going to purposely please people. Yeah, that no. is hard. It's hard. That's it, not it, an easy decision. And for those out here who understand, people pleasing comes from trauma. It comes from trauma. It is a trauma response that I do not want to experience the trauma that I've experienced before. And so I want to make sure that I have a harmonious space, that there isn't conflict, there isn't chaos, you know, and I have not talked about, you know, I've not at least talked about my childhood trauma. I have not talked about the impact of what happened to me as a child and how it impacts how I've shown up in the world when conflict happens. And it's time when you recognize that a revolution needs to happen. Listen to what I'm saying. When you recognize that a revolution needs to happen in your life, 
it becomes your responsibility. It is no one else's responsibility. It is your responsibility to take action. And once I recognized that people pleasing was not allowing me to experience, as Joyce Chin said, my most exquisite life, mm-hmm. right? Go back and listen to that episode, right? How to, how to live your most exquisite life. I was not living that because I was people pleasing. It was my responsibility to change that. It was my responsibility to figure out what that looks like. So I ask you, as you're moving through 24, as you're moving through what it means to be revolutionary in your life, and if you don't know, you can go get that guide. But if you do know, start moving through your revolution. Start revolting from behaviors that you don't need and evolving into the behaviors and the that you need to be the most revolutionary version of your side. Know what your choice points are going to be. When things come along, when you don't need to, for me, when I don't need to people, please, what are the choices that I need to make? Who are the people that I need to help me move through this space? Who needs to see me not being a people pleaser? Who needs to see that? Who needs to see me say no? All right? Who needs to see me, excuse me, Dr. Baxter, say fuck you? Who needs to see that? Go again. You know, who needs to Mm. see that? And, and, and what's the next iteration of this revolution? Because as I move into this space of not being a people pleaser, there's something bigger. So as you're thinking about your revolution, what's the bigger piece? How do you elevate to the next thing? How do you elevate to the next thing, Dr. Batts? Go ahead. We about to we about to close out, man. Man, it's it's so many things. It's, I, I want that to be the last word. <laughs> I mean, you talked about elevation. You talked about self reflection. You talked about introspection. You talked about. In, I mean, there's so many different things that people can take from this conversation as they can from everyone. I think that wherever they pick this train up whether it's perusing the website, downloading the guide, I think that it's an opportunity for you to do something magnificent with your life. Yeah. No matter where you are, right? No matter what's going on in your circle, no matter who's in your circle, you can affect change right where you are. And I would encourage you to do so. Go to the website, take those things, you know, call up Dr. Corporal, engage. And I'm telling you, your life will be different. But it's got to start with you. It's got to start with you. It's got to start with you. And I want to make sure folks know that if you need, like, if you really need to understand even more about your health, right, and your your, your cardio health, I want you to make sure that you're going to the About That Life podcast with Dr. Batts. The podcast that is about life, living intentionally forever. Exactly. Make sure that you're going and checking out that and you're subscribing and liking and sending that to your people as well, because it is an amazing podcast. I think I did an episode. I just haven't seen it yet. Uh, I don't, it just haven't. You, you know my turnaround. I don't have a team. I'm the team. I, I understand am the that. team, but it's coming. All it's right. Coming. Well, I look forward. Yeah, I actually even look forward to my photo shoot. Uh, yeah. Your photo shoot and your workout. Your workout, actually, that's right. That's right. I was like, I was like your, I was like your personal muse for that weekend. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We did, we did a workout. But actually, this Friday will be the first. So I'm, I'm doing a new training series. It's called FMS or Function Mobility and Skill, and it's where we break down functional movements, starting with a base of mobility, two weeks of mobility, two weeks of functional movement, and then we'll leap right into skill. And people can use that as they start on their exercise journey. We did a uh, a promotional video last week just a quick reel about uh, what it looks like and then this Friday will be the first Friday my hope is that every Friday I'll give you a little tidbit of fitness so you can have a fitness Friday as you move into your next I week got you. as you continue to revolt you well we got it we got it but we look forward to this next episode Revolution as you know that both Dr. Bats and I are here with you that we love you that we want the best for you and that you're moving through answering what we both think is the most thought-provoking question of your life What's a revolution? If you need us, we are right here with you. We are right here with you. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. How do I evaluate 
where I'm going uh, as I start to evolve? How do I do that? Because that's one thing that when you listen to the shows, you got to have a certain skill set. Now, it's easy to learn. It's easy to learn. And you can go to the website and pick up on some clues. But I think, you know, it harkens me back to a book. We hadn't had this book on the show, but it's called The New One Minute Manager. Because ultimately, when we think about what we want to do, it is how do we manage ourselves? Now, this actually came from me listening to a show that talked about if you can control your nervous system, you can control your life. I read, I, I listened to the show and I said, hmm, so I manage people, right? But how do I manage myself? So the new one minute manager gives you three strategies, three, that's it, right? So the first strategy is you have to first, you ready? Set one minute goals. You say one minute goals, but I want to set long term. No, no, no. You set one minute goals, meaning you want them to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and time sensitive. So you can hit them and quit them, hit them and quit them and keep moving. And as you're on that revolution, you're going to need to set them quick, quick goals. What does that mean to stop, right? To stop pleasing others. 